0: I knew Sister White. We will not fear. The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move with the poor and
1: the meek and the hungry and the lonely. I'll never forget it. Welcome to Adventist Voices, Spectrum's podcast. I'm Alexander Carpenter, and I'm honored to be joined by pastor Todd Leonard the senior pastor for the Glendale City Church thanks for talking with me today Todd Hey
0: sure thanks thanks for inviting me Alex
1: I've uh, been a longtime admirer of your work there in, in Los Angeles for almost a decade now, and especially the way that you are always thinking about diversity and equality and inclusion and also the fact that you're part of a larger urban community. Um, so uh, can you just talk a little bit uh, before we get rolling here about how you've been um, kind of Handling the last uh, year as a pastor in quarantine.
0: Yeah, I mean, like everybody else, and they, we all have our stories about what doing, you know, family life and doing our work is, and what that's like in pandemic. And you know, for church, uh, it's we 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 really felt like uh we did a good job of addressing the pandemic through what we did. We weren't a church that was really uh had gone full blown doing online services before the pandemic like some some larger congregations had done. But we were we had done some experimenting and we're already doing some video recording of our services and so we just um made a little more effort at it and thankfully we had some professionals and some very willing uh, members of our church who work to help us get up to speed and uh, and do a full fledged online service each week live and uh, and then we also did a number of group gatherings throughout the week online and so considering what we had to do it went well um, I think we've all recognized that you can't replicate church online you can you can provide good content online. And so we were able to provide, you know, what people expect as far as our music on, on Sabbath and our preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't replace the the beauty of, of the body of Christ and the fellowship that takes place there. Um, it, it's harder to do that online. And so we're looking forward to getting back uh, on campus when it's safe, hopefully in the next uh, couple of months. But um Considering what we faced and what we had to go through, I think our church has handled it pretty well, and and I'm I'm still doing okay, too. So I think uh, all things considered, it's gone all right.
1: Well, you have one of the most beautiful churches in Adventism, so being back in that It is a
0: beautiful sanctuary. It really is.
1: So, uh, you have conquered online church and then you've moved into the podcast space with this uh, terrific new podcast. I- just listen to the most recent one focused on individualism and mask mandates and really the history of christianity <laughs> uh <laughs> thrown in there and you have two great um uh, pastors with you one who's a pastor at a baptist church and another who ha- comes from the disciples of christ tradition so how did Uncollared mm-hmm. get get started yeah i it's kind of it's a
0: funny thing i Being in the community now for, yeah, like you said, I'm I'm about almost nine years here and, uh, uh, I've had the privilege to get to know a number of, uh, colleagues throughout the city. A number, we have a pretty active ministerial association in Glendale. And, uh, so I've built some really wonderful friendships with other pastors in the area and two of them, uh, Shane and Galen, they, uh, we've, we've kind of probably kept up with each other, probably a little bit more frequently than maybe with some of the other pastors in the community over this past year that we were apart, and and we kind of had just shared uh, with each other this fall how we were kind of just you know needing needing that uh, that collegial friendship and and just the the enjoyment of being able to let our hair down with each other. I mean, as much as Two of the three of us are bald, but I mean, as far as we can, uh, you know, (laughs) relax and kick back and enjoy each other, um, uh, we just, we were really just feeling that uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, Just that's always been a source of strength for us the regular gatherings that we have together. So we were just trying to figure out what could we do that would, you know, keep us connected on a regular basis. And we said, you know, we always enjoy. Our conversations are always thought provoking for us. And, uh, why don't we just do that on a weekly basis and then we'll record it? And if anybody wants to listen to it, great. And if not, we're having fun doing it ourselves and it's doing our, our own souls good in this time of isolation. So, um, we just, we just started doing it and we just, we call it uncollared, kind of, uh, giving the idea that we're, we're talking outside of the official pastoral context, but we're bringing our theology and our background experiences, uh, to situations that are happening in the world. So we're definitely not shy about going into politics a little bit. And then just other ways that are uh, other, uh, issues that reflect, um, different perspectives in Christianity and religion. Um, and we talked about, um, the idea, the concept of Christian capitalism a couple episodes back and yeah. um the idea of is there a morality tied to how well you do at producing wealth. And there is a segment of Christianity of course that believes that wealth production is uh a sign that God is with you. And um uh, so we we pushed back at that quite a bit and had a good conversation and like you said uh last week we we're talking about individualism in the context of the mask mandate and um and how Texas handled their uh, winter storm. And it's, uh, anyway, we're having fun with it. And uh, who knows if uh, anybody will listen to it. We hope maybe some people will find it interesting. But even if it's not good for anybody else, we're having a great time.
1: Well, I've been, I've been enjoying it. And I really like the way that you um, bring the a sort of pastoral um, uh, um uh, practical understanding of theology uh, to the real world of people's, you know, socio-political frameworks, and you're 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 very both. I th- I mean, it's just like it it f- it's the kind of uh, the ministerial tone that I think we need in these times because mm-hmm. you all have clear perspectives, but you are all, uh, you know, have years of talking to folks who may not agree with you and you understand how to mm-hmm. frame it. And even for folks who probably may already agree with you um, for the most part uh, here in the spectrum community, uh, it's, I think, a great example of how to address uh, these um, tricky issues from mm. from a way that's uh, redemptive and, and can maybe help change folks' minds. So uh, thanks a lot for yeah. doing it.
0: No, it's been, yeah, I think that's, I I just feel like, you know, I I I recognize all the reasons why uh people don't want religion in their lives anymore because of all the negative ways that religion has done harm to people. Um but I after all this time I still really believe there is a place for for faith to speak and be be part of the conversation in in the public space and uh both uh Galen and Shane have been doing that in their context as well and and so I think that's what we feel like is that you know we there is a way to speak morality and ethics and and love uh by looking at the challenges that we face in society and um so yeah i that's uh, it is it i mean we are having fun, but it is it certainly reflects our passion and our belief about the role of faith in what happens today.
1: Well, uh, Uncollared is out there on um, all the streaming platforms for podcasts, so uh, folks want to check it out. Uh, it's Uncollared, and it has a great uh, image of uh, what looks like a pastor at the end of a day, probably ripping the collar out of his uh, shirt uh, out of jo- out of joy <laughs> for the day of service. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: rip off my necktie. I don't have the collar, but, uh, so, but it would be ripping off that necktie and letting loose with what I really want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I feel like it sounds like that um, uh, podcast comes out of the. Of your uh, involvement in your community, both through the church, but also as a you know maybe uh, as an activist uh, pastor, a community builder, uh, you've you've been a part of a lot of organizations that help with racial reconciliation, LGBTQ rights, and uh, dealing with homelessness. So, um, do you mind just talking a little bit about how? Uh, you, as a Adventist minister, has sort of um, opened your mind and also your calendar to thinking about the kind of larger streets around mm-hmm. uh, the church?
0: Yeah, I've, it, it's really been a—the the time here at Glendale City has really kind of been um, where I've been kind of taking what had been— I've been wrestling with in my mind for a number of years prior about the role of um, a congregation and then the role of an Adventist congregation uh, in the city uh, in this day and time. And I, I, I just came to the conviction that there's just a couple things that, a, a couple principles that I think I had to operate by. And one was that uh, the church had to become known as A great friend of the city it just it had to be known for that and not not by telling the city what it needs and why we are their best friend and why they should be friends with us but by being engaged with different organizations and different work in the city that is perceived by most people as doing good work and i just felt like we had to be uh we had to function that way. And then secondly, that, that we don't do it from a condescending, uh, uh, posture, but rather do it side by side collaboratively. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't want to, I didn't want to just start something new that start a program or, 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 take the lead on something new just to draw the attention to me or the church. Um, it was really taking the time to to get to know people in the city both city leaders and nonprofit leaders and, and other pastors and just kind of finding out and getting the lay of the land and finding out what was out there and then then trying to start plugging in or if necessary providing a niche service maybe that wasn't provided and it's so i i really did just set out with our congregation and and as you know uh Glendale is is used to be one of these Adventist hubs. Um Glendale, California had had voice of prophecy, had uh they had a nursing school attached to the hospital, which is still here, the Adventist Health Glendale Hospital. Um there were uh the Pacific Union Conference was located here. Um and so there was a time, you know, in in the fifties to the seventies where this our church was basically just filled with Adventists because there were so many employment opportunities for Adventists. Um, but that has changed. And, and now that the hospitals are their separate organization and follow equal hiring practices, you know, there's just not nearly, we're not a Loma Linda anymore. We're just, uh, we're, we're a, a regular church in a, in a large suburb, suburb of LA. Yeah. And, um, so we had to we weren't we weren't we aren't going to even survive as a church uh, unless we shifted our mentality to being a friend of the community in new ways. So just based on those two principles, we started uh, seeking to build relationships. And um, we did launch a couple nonprofits, one to work with people uh, to help prevent them from falling into homelessness or after they have fallen into homelessness and we're starting to get back on their feet providing services and and case management to help them get to a place of stability and maintain stability. And so that nonprofit partnered with our homeless shelter and partnered with um, other nonprofits who were doing other aspects of supporting people in high-risk poverty situations. And we tried to be the glue to help connect some of those parts together. Um, And then in 2020, that organization, it was called Communitas. uh, merged with another organization that was focused on homeless, uh, work. And so now we've become part of what's known as Family Promise of the Verdugo's. And, um, we, uh, work with the city and the county to help families who are at risk of poverty or, uh, or in poverty and at risk of homelessness or who are actually on the street, help move them back to permanent housing and help them find work and, and get to that place of stability. And, um, and then we started another nonprofit. Uh, it's called Cesura Youth Orchestra, um, that provides orchestral music education to elementary school kids who don't have access to paid musical training, but they bring in, uh, we bring in after school, uh, music education to, to elementary, public elementary schools in Glendale. And one of our church members, Dave Ferguson, runs that program. And, um, so we've we uh, we've become engaged in our community in those ways in a helpful way. Um, and then we've gotten involved here just in the last year in starting a, a new coalition that really was in the nascent stages of being formed in 2019, but fully took form after George Floyd's murder uh, last summer. And uh, so we now have a coalition for an anti-racist Glendale. And our church and um, is a part of that is part of the leadership of that with a number of organizations under the leadership of the, our local YWCA, and uh, so we partner with them in helping to push the city, push our police force um, towards more equitable hiring practices and policing practices. And um, our big first win as a coalition was. Helping our city realize that, or not realize, but admit and confess to the fact that it was a sundown town. Yeah. A sundown town. I don't know if everybody's familiar with that, but basically, um, if you're, there were about 3,000 cities in the U.S. set up with land owning and, uh, homeowning covenants that excluded anybody of color. And Glendale was one of those communities and it stayed really white, uh, well into the 80s, even though civil rights laws ended their practices in the 60s. Um, Glendale was a amazingly white city for a long time. And so, uh, it had never been admitted to. It was always one of those gossiped about things and, uh, off the record type of conversations that happened in the city, but it was never officially recognized until we pushed for it uh, this past summer. And uh, so now we just uh, continue to follow up on that. And, um, but, but that's what I found from that is there's just, there's a great amount of power to get things done when you're willing to be part of a team and not, uh, not trying to get all the attention for yourself you find out that your church gets respected because it's willing to serve without recognition and um and I think I can say you know looking at where we are now there is a a stronger sense among a number of people in the city that our church cares about the city and is trying to do everything it can to to support improvements to people's lives and dignity to people on the On the outside and uh, people who have been historically excluded from equality here. Um, I think our church is starting to get a reputation for that because we've been focused on that for quite a while now.
1: Yes, uh, you have. Uh, um, Do you mind, uh, you know, there might be someone out in, you know, listening to this who would, you know, would love to be a part of a church like that, would like to have a pastor or some other church members, maybe people in their sabbath school who would you know could band together and they 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 they're, they're, they're try- they would like to be more involved in the community beyond the usual evangelistic series cooking class model um do mm-hmm. you mind you know what's a way that they can um kind of think outside the box and look for opportunities for their church in some small way to be more involved in their uh city
0: you know i would just invite people to kind of look, look up the local nonprofits in your community um, and, and then just approach the, the director or, or representative from those nonprofits and just say, and if you find something that you have a natural passion for. Um, the way I got involved with the YWCA was I had gotten connected with a different YWCA in a different part of the country um, uh, related to domestic violence issues. Um, a number of years ago, and I started attending their annual, um, uh, candlelight service for the victims of domestic violence. And I just became very passionate about that need in in the community and working to, to educate people and to help protect people from domestic violence. And so when I came out here, um, one of my natural reach out initially was to the YWCA and just and I got to know the executive director and she and I have just built a great friendship together because I started out by saying how can I support you and I started attending their functions and and from there it's blossomed into uh, a lot of other uh, great opportunities uh, it's just starting out by going to other organizations saying how how can we help and building those relationships and it takes a lot of time. I mean, the, the anti-coalition work, uh, anti-racist coalition work that we are involved in now, that coming together wouldn't have happened if, uh, I hadn't been and, and other people in our community hadn't been seeking to build relationships with each other for many years prior. It really is a, to get to something where you start seeing the fruit of it, you're investing four, five, six years in it. But yeah, I would just recommend get involved, go to your city council meetings, and get get acquainted with what what the challenges are in your city. One of our challenges in our city is affordable housing, and so tenants and landlords are often in our city council meetings fighting and arguing and trying to figure out how to best handle those situations. So figure out how you can get involved in fighting for an issue that's impacting your community right now, and. You getting involved that way will just, it will just begin to open up other, other opportunities for service in the community. And, and, you know, and for your church to shine. When you're, when you're not in it to get the credit, what ultimately does happen is at some point the church, your group or your church will shine because you were in it for the right reason. And, um, and that will happen in time too, but just make a five year commitment to get involved in things in your community.
1: Thank you. That's really helpful. And I love that idea of building relationships, putting the work in so that when you're actually um, moving forward on a hot uh, issue uh, of the day, you have the, the, um, Understanding of each other's uh, values all already in place to some degree, and that makes mm-hmm. uh, activism, which is such a passion-driven enterprise. You know, there's no, there's no wealth <laughs> and fame <That's> generally right. <laughs> in in most activism, and it's just uh, it's real but people. The fun
0: work. and the the energy that comes from working together on things like that is its own reward. It really is, and that's exactly right. None of us are making a dime off this work, but these these relationships that we've built and that we're now leveraging to do good in the community. It's it's a wonderful thing. It's it's so much fun.
1: Well, it's been really great talking with you. And I have one final sort of biographical question, if you don't mind. I am just curious how um, a a young Todd Leonard at Southern Adventist University went off to Andrews, spent time pastoring in Georgia, and then ended up in um, Tinseltown uh, currently. <laughs> so do you mind just kind of taking us through your journey, how you felt the call to ministry, and then how it developed into a kind of larger um, you know, vision for um, uh, the Adventist community and, and your, your, uh, your larger communities as well?
0: Yeah, this podcast usually goes about three hours. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up Adventist, uh, a great Adventist home, Adventist schools all the way up. Um, and uh, yeah, I just had a, I had a real, you know, there's so many people can tell different, you know, challenging or even horror stories about growing up in the Adventist space. And my experience was so positive. Um so, yeah, I, I was convinced by the time I graduated high school that I should be a, a pastor and did that undergrad at Southern. Um, and, you know, really, really just ate up everything that the professors were saying. Um, towards the end of my undergraduate experience and moving into seminary, I did start questioning some of the things, uh, about our faith and about how we practice um, I was I struggled with some of our theology I struggled um to uh, more because I just wanted to be able to preach with full conviction anything I was going to preach and uh, I just felt like there were certain parts of our uh our faith that uh, especially our eschatology that um I just couldn't wrap my head around, and, I, and for a long time, I thought I was just stupid. But then, I, ultimately, I felt like, well, no, I'm relatively intelligent. Maybe there are some challenges that, and maybe I can just let myself off the hook for having to do that aspect of Adventist ministry and be an evangelistic Revelation seminar type preacher. Sure. Um. And and then, really, what happened is I started getting out and doing pastoral ministries. I kept bumping, bumping into people who were being excluded from the church, um, mm. and I saw the racial divisions in our church really bothered me, um, even though I understood that allowing regional conferences to develop was actually a grace to black Adventists, because otherwise they would never have a chance to... Take ownership of the direction of their ministry. Yeah. Um, it was, but it, it was a sad admission to say, yeah, go ahead, do your own conferences, because yeah, we're right. we probably won't let you lead. Um, that's, that's deeply troubling to me. And I, I felt like there's got to be a way to, to try to do some work of racial reconciliation in the church. And that became an early conviction. And then even in Appalachian, Tennessee, I started meeting LGBTQ people. And, um, and while at in my early years of ministry, I, I, I believe that they shouldn't act on their orientation or, or their gender identity. Um, my heart broke that they couldn't be a part of, of the church. And over time, um, that just kept eating away at me. It was something that wouldn't go away. And then I met a family, uh, in one of the churches I pastored in suburban Atlanta who had an adult daughter, uh, who, who was a lesbian and was married and had raised a daughter. And I got to, got to know the parents as well as, as their daughter and her family and just became to realize, uh, how normal and yeah. ordinary it was. Yep. To be somebody in a same-sex relationship and to raise a family, and and that they were spiritual, they were loving, they were kind. They they weren't trying to run away from God or or do something very self-centered. It was it was loving relationship, and um that that really kind of took me to a place of saying I really need. To at least in my context, in the churches I've passed, I'm pastoring, want to try to make safe places for LGBTQ people. And of course, when I started doing that in Georgia, um, while some members, of course, were, were supportive and were in agreement, there were others that weren't. And it just became more and more difficult to, to pastor with those convictions. Um, there was a time when I actually explored trying to shift to a, to be a pastor in a different denomination, but, you know, Adventism gets a hold on you and doesn't let go of you easy, yeah. and, uh, I, you know, my my family, my friends, my life has been in the Adventist Church, and I was just really fortunate to get an invitation to, to work at a church in Los Angeles at the Vallejo Drive Adventist Church, which is right across the street from the Glendale Adventist Medical Center, and then from there, um, I really landed in in the best church in the world that I could have ever possibly landed in as an Adventist and Glendale City Church already had a heritage of trying to to do the work of reconciliation in a lot of ways but even specifically in the area of LGBTQ inclusion and um I found a home here and it's been uh just a place where can be Adventist can can live in the in the faith community that I know and love Um but without compromising in, in being safe for all. Um, and that's just, uh, I, it's, it's not a journey that, you know, for other people in Adventism to, to be able to find a place like that, it's pretty hard. And I got, I've just gotten really lucky with it. And, uh, um, I just, you know, I'm deeply grateful for that journey and that I'm at this pace in my journey because Not only can I continue to be in an Adventist faith community and and live that out, but I also have the privilege of working out in the community and, and seeing some wonderful things happen out there as well. It's truly been a true gift of God to be here.
1: Well, I'm glad you stuck with Adventism, and I'm uh, truly grateful for your uh, ministry. And if folks uh, don't already follow you on Facebook, uh, there's always really interesting things happening at the Glendale City Church and things that you're connected to beyond that. So I recommend folks uh, reaching out and and following you just to get a vision for a a kind of wider, more hopeful, uh, uh, open-hearted Adventism. It's been great talking to you. Of course, we
0: we host LA Adventist Forum on our campus every month, and we've been doing that online, so we love Spectrum and Adventist Forum. That's been an important part of our church ministry for a very long time as well.
1: yes I love I love going to your church in part uh, because you're there and it's a great church but also because folks are often uh, mentioning a spectrum article that they uh, read or a question that they have so yeah. um, we love yeah. we love uh, your community very much uh, well it's been great talking with you thanks so much for uh, sharing your uh, story and what you're up to these days with uh, the spectrum community.
0: It's uh, been my pleasure. Thanks so much for the conversation. Thank you. Yes, I knew, Sister White. We will not fear.
1: The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely.
0: I'll never forget it.